Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. We're going to continue Guide Talk for an extended version today, so we're going to go another 30 minutes. So if you've got questions, uh, send them over, 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. You can also email me if you like email better. That's bill at myfaithradio.com. Here's a question. Um, this is a, ge- in a, can I ask in a general sense, how you guys return to joy amidst grieving things of this world. For example, to stay up on current events really can lead me to a bad place. I don't want to keep my head in the Mm. sand, but sometimes that feels like the best way to protect peace. Ain't that the truth? I mean, these last last two years, given the political division, the racial strife, COVID, man, it's hard to watch the CBS, ABC, NBC evening news, whatever you watch, especially with how slanted they are in the wrong direction. So I'm with him. And I I think we got to be careful we don't watch too much news. But I'm also with him. I don't want to put my head in the sand either. But uh, you pray. What else can I tell you? You pray and you talk things out with people when you need to. Well, I have a small group that I, I meet with on a regular basis, and we study the Bible as well as Sunday morning. But for me, coming here with you guys and Rosie and doing this program picks me up. It really gets me excited and keeps me going because I see the reality of Jesus and what you're saying. Rarely do I get into a conversation that's this honest, and that's what I really appreciate, and that's what we need to keep doing because the world will always throw things at us to d- dissuade us. But like I told all my classes, I said, look, I can summarize the book of Revelation in two words. And I've had people say, what? What do you mean two words? Jesus wins. And that's the bottom line to the book of Revelation. He wins, he'll have the final word, and he's coming again. Yeah, Parish, I appreciate what you just said there, too, because on the heels of our last conversation about organized religion and church, that that does not at all take away from the fellowship that we need to share as believers together. So I'm with you. This time together sure. with you guys and with the listeners and uh, and with, with close friends, um, it, it is just critical for uplifting the Spirit. This is how we spur one another on towards love and good deeds, right, from from the book exactly. of Hebrews. I think uh, other things, and you know, this is not a one-size-fits-all. I know for me— just to, to take a pause and get out of uh, maybe the house a bit, maybe out of the streets, maybe away from freeways and highways. Uh, there, there's a, a simple solace in the discipline for me of a walk through the woods and and noting the the simplicity of the wildlife, uh, thinking about the scriptures where you know God does know all of the sparrows, He knows all the hairs in the head, the, like those sorts of things. To remember that there is another narrative going on in this world besides the very real narrative of grief and sorrow. We, we can't just shoo the, that narrative away because it is terribly real. But I need to go into disciplines that remind me that even in the shadow lands that is this world, there is a narrative going on. There is also good in the world. And sometimes the simplicity of nature helps me remember not the nature itself, but it helps me while I'm in it to remember that there's a much bigger story too. You know, Peter, that reminds me of a great stanza. 
<laughs> this is my father's world. Yes, and, I love that and song. And let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, uh, God is the ruler yet. And we need to sing that. that after watching the ABC Evening News. <laughs> yeah. Because I, 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 oh, not I only is it. the news horrible, but the liberal slant of the newscasters drives me nuts. Put it all together, I can be pretty doggone angry by 6 o'clock at night, and I need to sing that song a little more often. One of the most difficult days of my life, I had a counseling appointment at 10 in the morning with a couple that literally were swearing at each other in my office and wanting to hit each other, and I had to try to separate that. Uh, Then about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I met with a family whose son was dying of leukemia and spent time with them. Later on that evening, I wound up uh, doing a, a wedding. There was a wedding that night, and so we had the big wedding thing. And afterward, I got a call from uh, a cousin of mine who uh, just lost one of their loved ones uh, in their family. And I was really depressed. And Jan, my wife, said to me, Tom, if you don't keep your eyes on Jesus, you won't stay in the ministry. Mm-hmm. Boy, did I learn a lesson there. She's absolutely right. And I had to literally fight my way out of that so I didn't let that dominate my thinking, but still... Knowing that Jesus yep. is the final winner. Singing yeah. helps. It really does. It does yes, help. it does. And, and it also okay. helps, an old white-haired pastor said, to take out the book of Psalms and read a psalm out loud. And that might be very therapeutic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Brock, you're talking about how, how awesome you feel after the 6 o'clock news, right? Like, I just, I think about an evening spent with uh, with Como and, and Don Lemon or to roll through Tucker Carlson and Hannity and Ingram. Like, at the end of that night, don't you just feel awesome? Don't oh. you feel like your oh, soul no. has just been uplifted on every level? I can't just, handle it. It's, I know, it's crazy what we, what, like, I let myself get so worked up sometimes by these things. And yeah. then I'm like, oh, wow, I just bit, you know, hook, line, and sinker I, into what they were trying to do to begin with. So And I, I don't have cable. I just have regular TV in my house. So I'm not able to watch. I'm sure MSNBC would send me over the over the cliff. <laughs> but but I'm not able to watch Fox News either. And even though I'd probably agree with them more, they would work me up too, just because they make totally. you so angry. So totally. I think we I think we need to watch the news, read the news. You know who was a Carl Bart, the theologian said, you should read the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. That's what every pastor should do. But I would say, but. Don't read the newspaper and then watch four hours of Fox News, MSNBC, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Right. I think this is worth repeating. This is a great uh, story from Pastor Andy Stanley. It's about four sentences, but I think it's worth it uh, to repeat it. It goes like this. Sometimes I just want to stop. I want to stop talking about COVID, looting, brutality. I lose my way. I become convinced that this new normal is real life. Then I meet an 87-year-old who talks of living through polio, diphtheria, Mm -hmm. Vietnam protests, and yet is still enchanted with life. Mm -hmm. He seemed surprised when I said that 2020 must be especially challenging for him. No, he said slowly, looking me straight in the eyes. I learned a long time ago not to see the world through the printed headlines. I see the world through the people that surround me. I see the world with the realization that we love big. Therefore, I choose to write my own headlines. Husband loves wife today. <laughs> Family drops everything to come to grandma's bedside. Uh-huh. He patted my hand. Old man makes new friend. Good love job. Love That's it. amazing. That was good, good stuff. Write your that own headlines. Amazing. There you go. That is the way to do it. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Um, does Jesus Christ... Here's another question. Does Jesus Christ... Christ speak and lead Christians independent of clergy? Of course. 
I mean, if you're in the word, <laughs> I'm kidding. That was a joke. Oh that was a joke. Um, <laughs> we really off there. Tom. Sorry, Tom. No, he speaks through the word of God. He speaks through other people. He speaks in circumstances. You don't have to have a clergy person there with you for that no. to happen. No. And I, I've been a clergy for 45 years. Let's be real blunt about it. So I've got a little more education than most people do. I believe I have a calling in my life. But I tell every Christian, you've got a calling on your life, Amen. too. Put that calling to work and find a way to live out the gospel. So, no. Now, do I need other people? Yes. And sometimes clergy are helpful and sometimes they're not. And I think we should say to this question, there's something in Protestantism called the priesthood of all believers. Yes. In yep. Catholicism in the Middle Ages, the priest was way up there between God and you. And Luther came along and the Protestants said, no, uh, you know, the book of Peter says we're a priesthood of believers. Everybody, every believer is a priest in a sense. doesn't mean you don't have formal pastors because the Bible talks about the gift of pastoring too. But every Christian is a priest. Yeah, it, there's a real difference, right, between somebody having the role of shepherding people within the wisdom of the kingdom and then interceding on behalf of the people in front of God and having that access. And and I think that's what you're talking about is that mm-hmm. we we all have direct direct access to God in, in the throne room of grace, you know, sprinkled by his blood, all of that language, again, of Hebrews. But, but then I think it's helpful to have wise shepherds uh, that can help us in this journey of kingdom life. But, yeah, certainly we all have access directly to God. Yes. Another question just came in. Um, how do you go about finding a church? Well, can I give my spiel? No, you can't. Peter, you go next. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. that was mean. Oh, I just oh, the bus tires right over the top of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I have well. a spiel, Bill. All right, let's hear your spiel, Tom. My spiel Tom is if, you, if you're church shopping... You, you go to the church, you listen to the sermon after church, you just say very quickly, uh, very politely, Pastor, I'm thinking of maybe coming here, just a few questions, um, what you believe. Um, do you believe the Bible is the infallible Word of God? Do you believe there's a heaven and a hell? you believe Jesus is the only way of salvation? Pastor, what are your views on abortion and homosexuality? And if you get, uh, why those are uh, deep, uh, difficult questions that we need to maybe have a cup of coffee over, then you go somewhere else. Where you get clear, of course, the Bible's the Word of God. Of course, Jesus is the only way to heaven. But if you don't want a pastor who tap dances on that stuff, that's how you find a good church. End of spiel. <laughs> I actually, I, I very much agree with asking those kinds of questions. You want to know what you're stepping into before you engage in a community of faith. Uh, I think there's a, another piece of the puzzle that assuming there is a... Um, an emphasis on biblical teaching, the authority of the word, um, the the humility, the um, the love, all of those things that are supposed to be, assuming that that is rightly ordered, then I think it sort of boils down to uh, you pray about it and, and ask mm-hmm. God, so sure. where do I need to invest? And, and I think if we as believers spent a little bit more time in that part of it, of praying about it and trusting that we're supposed to be in a church as opposed to choosing a church because it has the right kids program that I'm looking for, or I'm shopping for the right kind of coffee shop in a church, or it has the right sort of worship style. For me, when we say yes to a church on those sorts of secondary kinds of things, then we kind of set ourselves up for a little bit of failure because if something changes in the kids program, well, I came here for the kids program, or if something changes with the coffee shop, well, I came here for the cappuccino or whatever it is, <laughs> and and now you're you're setting up uh, a bit of strife and some power plays and some of the gossip that might come. But if if you say, you know what, 
I prayed about this. Uh, the, the church seems solid, according to the metrics that Brock was talking about here. I know that I'm supposed to be here. And, and if you go on that basis, not because you've chosen on, on your shopping preferences, then it, it, it invites a different level, I think, of humility with one another to stay in that journey um, where churches may not fracture quite as easily on that. So I do recommend praying along with all of what Tom said. Let me take a little break. We'll continue with more Guy Talk. Let me know what your questions are, 877-933-2484. Pastors Tom Brock, Tom Parrish, and Peter Kapsner is my power panel today. We'll be right back. Lord have We're back with an extended version of Guy Talk today. So glad that uh, we've got a little extra time. Thank you for your questions. There's some great ones coming in. How about this one? If you hear someone has backslidden, what do you think might be going on in their life? What little conclusions do you guys come to when you hear someone has backslidden? I think they're loving sin. And they're choosing <laughs> sin over the Lord. And it doesn't work very long. You can have a season of sin that'll be fun, but then it'll bite you in the end. That's what I think they're doing. Gotcha. What I've always tried to do when I hear that out of members or, or others, um, and these are the people, I'm assuming these are people that we know. They're not just strangers out there that somebody's saying backslidden. I actually try to work out to sit down with them, to actually have a cup of coffee, to, to talk, to listen, to tell me your story, tell me what's going on. Because uh, I think there is less backsliding. I don't think people want to. I think they let the circumstances control them, and they need to be encouraged and brought back into the fellowship and brought back to a place of repentance and faith. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I And I think sin is just that powerful. I think we underestimate the power of sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if the God of heaven had to rend open the heavens and die and enter the, into the waters of death and descend into hell and all of that, I, I, I run the risk. I know for me, I don't know if you guys would share this, that— being within Christendom, I sometimes get so familiar with the story that somehow that story itself gets sapped of its mm-hmm. power from time to time. And I think that must be, a, sin must be a really, really, really big deal if this is how God chose to handle it and uh, and what happened there. And so I think in those places, when I, when I can kind of wake up to that fact, I'm uh, invited back into humility again yeah. about what I'm actually not capable of. And I am not capable of winning the battle against sin and death. I'm not capable of sort of managing it somehow. It just squeezes out in so many different ways. So I think sometimes maybe backsliding is a result of, of being dulled in our spiritual senses about what the power of sin is and not being aware of the threat. Not that we're going to walk around hiding and, and, and there is uh, a victory in the resurrection power of Jesus that is available as we walk out this life. But I think sometimes my senses just get dulled just the, with the familiarity of the story. And, and, and it's nice to wake up sometimes. I think the cure for backsliding is this. The more accountable I am, the holier yeah. I am. I want to repeat that. The more accountable I am, the holier I am. So if you've got people holding you accountable, I mean, I knew a guy that had a rip-roaring drug problem. I think he was going to three different support groups for years and then i heard he fell away and you know you do whatever you have to if you got to go to three meetings a week to conquer your drug problem go to those meetings and the more accountable i am the holier i am if i'm not accountable it's easy to backslide 
And most backsliding doesn't begin with a big event. It's a distraction. We get distracted by something. We have to miss church. We can't go to Bible study. We got something else going on. Every Sunday when I drive to church, we go by a park. It looked like when I was playing Little League Baseball back in the, the yeah, 60s. Sad, there are hundreds of yeah, people there, nobody going to church. And I think that it's not they wake up and say, we're not going to go to church, we're going to go to this. It's just they got distracted. It's sad to me. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let me see here. I got another question here. I had it. I lost it. Let's see. Um. I am 100% in love with Jesus, but I've always wondered why we say Jesus gave his life to save us when he is eternal. He is life and remains eternal to this day. That's a great theological question. It Go is. ahead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Go if, ahead, you Peter. Into, <laughs> uh, if you want to get into this, sort of the theological quagmire a little bit, I, I, again, these are some of those places that it's it would be difficult to be dogmatic about it, but I think the Scripture gives us some kind of clues. And in Philippians 2, when it talks about that um, he became obedient even unto death, that he didn't consider his equality with God something to be hung on to, that rather he let it go— as theologians have puzzled maybe over what that meant and what happened, I, I think you can maybe put it together by saying, well, let's assume for a second that, as the listener was saying, that the divine can't die. If something is divine, it's not going to be subject to death. And so if that's true and we understand Philippians 2 correctly, then there was this what, what theologians call extreme kenosis or extreme emptying, where Jesus did willingly and willfully give up the fullness of his divinity in order to become subject to the waters of death, which is why then he said, okay, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I have, I have fully surrendered. I actually don't have the capacity in and of myself to um, to persist in life in the eternal kind of way, thus becoming subject to death. And, and that's further maybe supported by that Romans 8 passage I talked about earlier, where it says, in the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. And so again, some of the thinking might be that uh, Jesus was unable to even raise himself from the dead because he had so fully surrendered, but God then sent his spirit and reanimated the divinity of Jesus, thus bringing back into fullness the, the Godhead itself. Now that's pretty complicated. It's a little bit murky. I wouldn't well, teach it dogmatically, but there is a sense in which he emptied himself and became subject to death, and that would indicate an emptying of divinity at that time. I have a Martin Luther day-by-day devotional book where they take quotes from Luther, and this morning was, was on this subject, and Luther made the point, it wasn't just the son of Mary that died on the cross, mm. it was the son of God who died on the cross. And I don't mm. think we want to say it was just his human nature that died and yep. not his divine nature, because you don't want to split up Jesus like that. He's you one. Right. So, you know, it, I was thinking about this driving here today. Did God die on the cross? I think there's a sense in which he did and in which he didn't. I mean, I don't think the second person of the Trinity stopped existing for three days. But there's a sense in which not only the Son of Mary died on the cross, the Son of God died on the cross. There was a divine suffering that went on uh, in the crucifixion, and some of this is beyond me. But I don't want to. I don't think we want to say that only Jesus' human nature died, but no, because don't. you know, yeah. it, it, this is hard stuff. But it there is. you go. Yeah, it is well said. So, what is the unpardonable sin? Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? The Pharisees were saying, yeah, Jesus cast demons out of right, but he's doing it by the power of the devil. And Jesus said, you committed the unforgivable sin because they called the Holy Spirit the devil. And that's 
the unforgiveness. Now, some people are afraid they've if they uttered something bad about the Holy Spirit, does that mean I can never be saved? I, I think it's not. It was kind of a hard-hearted, horrible statement mm-hmm. that the Pharisees had, and it was just the fruit of their total rebellion against God anyway. So I, sometimes you meet someone, oh, I'm afraid I, I said something once bad about the Holy Spirit, so I, I'll be damned forever. And I don't think that's what that quite means. Yeah, agreed. I think there's something in the biblical text that some of these ideas are ongoing actions or postures of the heart. So for example, John 3.16, when it talks about believe, that whoever believes, some you know, we could interpret that as a one-time event I believed, except in the Greek language, it's actually an ongoing dynamic characteristic or posture of life. It is somebody who yeah. uh, is, is in a surrendered kind of life. So when we talk about an unpardonable sin, I think, to your point, Brock, that you're saying, I think it's an, it's an ongoing, willful, posturing, dynamic hardening that is ever resistant to the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And in that place, you have, you've made your choice at that point. So as opposed to the fear maybe some people live in, oh gosh, I got really mad at God one night, is that over for me? I, I don't, that's not even close what the text would be teaching. It would be an ongoing, hardening posture. Well, what it, think about it for a moment. We are taught, and we believe as Christians, that we don't even produce our own faith. It's a right. gift of the Holy Spirit. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, certainly what the Pharisees did, but real blasphemy against the Spirit is is rejecting the Spirit's witness of Jesus. And if we reject that all the way to the very end, we've committed that blasphemy, yep. and there's no escape from that and, one. And having said all that we just said, I'm still super careful what I say yeah. about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Jesus, sure. Jesus said, you can say a word against the Son of Man, and it'll be forgiven. But whoever blasphemes the Holy Spirit is guilty of an eternal sin. Whoa. So yeah, be careful that, what you say about the Holy Spirit. That, that Ananias and Sapphira story is relatively sobering, is it not? <laughs> oh, my. Yes, 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 it is. So rejecting the gospel, is that the unforgivable sin? Well, that too. I mean... But you can reject the gospel and still be saved and repent yeah. and be saved. Some people think that once you commit the unforgivable sin, your heart comes becomes so hard you never will repent. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think it, one thing I think I've said, if you're afraid you've committed the unforgivable sin, that's proof you haven't. Because people that have done that don't care if they've committed the unforgivable yeah. sin. I'm yeah. taking notes over here. Keep yeah. going. <laughs> it's really so, helpful, Brock, actually. Yeah. The text line, Steve just jumped in and says, we don't die either, only physically, which is true. Our physical body dies, but our spirits go into being in the presence the of the The moment Lord. we believe in Jesus, Jesus says you will pass from death to life. Right. Eternal life begins the moment you believe. And that's exciting. Well, I, I yes. think our bodies soul spirits they all die but then they're resurrected and we live on after the gray after our death That's but we we don't want to deny the fact that we actually die no we do die yeah. but yeah. The, 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 here's the problem the bible doesn't give us a motion picture of what happens it simply gives us snapshots okay. and we don't have the full picture all right gentlemen you guys uh were great to be with me for all 90 minutes today thank you so much thank you bill thanks and bill pastor yeah. tom brock you're going to italy tomorrow mamma mia pizza parlor i'm gonna go to for you I expect the moon to hit my eye like a big pizza pie. I look forward to hearing about that when you get back. All right, let's uh, wrap up Guy Talk. Thank you so much, gentlemen. We're going to take a little break when we come back. Pastor Colin Smith is going to join me. He's got a free online event on October 16th, taking audiences on a rare journey through the Bible. That's all coming up next. We'll be right back.
So glad to be back. We've got uh, a lot of great things happening online, especially here at Faith Radio. You can, for uh, starters, go to MyFaithRadio.com. And if you have not signed up for the Daniel Bible Study, I think you're really going to enjoy that. It is at MyFaithRadio.com. It involves chapters 1 through 6 in the book of Daniel. It's written by Anna Rask. She happened to be our guest last night on the 5 o'clock hour with Peter Kapsner and I. We had a full hour with her. And she wrote the Bible study, and if you missed any of that podcast, uh, you definitely want to check that out at MyFaithRadio.com. And then also, you can uh, just head over there, and for the next uh, three more days, we're going to be reading a chapter a day through the book of Daniel. So there's lots to learn, and uh, it's been a fabulous study. I've been enjoying it thoroughly, and if you have signed up, you probably know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, you definitely want to do it before the time lapses. So, I'm so glad to welcome Colin Smith back to the show. He's the founder and president of Unlocking the Bible, and he's going to be also hosting a very uh, interesting online event that we're going to hear about called Open the Bible. Colin, nice to have you back on the show. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the invitation. It's always a joy to be uh, on your program. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and I'm very excited about what you've got planned on Thursday, October 16th. Um, It's going to take place from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., And this is going to be uh, a really uh, deep study on the Bible. Well, it's going to be an introduction to the whole Bible story. Think of it as being uh, like a kind of high-altitude fly over the Bible story from beginning to end. We'll cover the Old Testament, the Gospels, and the New Testament letters in three sessions. And what the aim is, is really to give people a kind of starting point, an introduction. A lot of people know some stories from the Bible, uh, but we want to help people to see the big picture of the whole Bible story. Begins in a garden, ends in a city and all the way through it's about Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, Colin, when I said uh, deep, that's what I really meant by deep, is if you don't understand the big picture, uh, you're in trouble when it comes to God's Word. But if you understand the big picture, you've gone deep, and that's the best place to start. I think that's exactly right. And, you know, um, uh, when when our family uh, go on uh, a vacation to somewhere we've not been before, uh, usually it's a good idea to try and get the lie of the land <laughs> and find out, you know, what's there. You know, yes. if you've got three days in a place, you want to know what's there so that you can make the best use of your time to explore it. And and that's really what this does. It gives, a, it gives an introduction to the Bible. It gives an overview at a kind of like a high altitude flight. Um, And hopefully it's going to give people encouragement to go and discover more, get down on the ground and see what else is there. But you've got to start somewhere, and an overview of the whole is a really good place to begin. You know, and for some people that think the Bible is just a collection of stories that have, you know, good... uh, The moral of the story is, you know, it's not. It's one uh, arcing narrative, uh, and it's uh, fascinating from start to finish. And I love that you're going to do this kind of... 30,000-foot view, which, in my opinion, will give people a deep love and understanding of God's Word. Now, let's talk about some of the things that you're going to be covering in these sessions. I'm fascinated by, you're going to talk about uh, five Bible characters you should know from the Old Testament. Yeah, I know. Isn't that something? I mean, to have a 40-minute session or something like that that will cover the whole of the Old Testament, I mean, it feels pretty ambitious. But, you know, seriously, uh, I found that um, if if you get to know five 
characters in the Old Testament and their stories. You really have from that the broad outline, broad brushstrokes of the Old Testament story. Obviously, the first of these is Adam. And then you have Abraham, to whom God gave this marvelous promise that through his line, all the families of the earth would be blessed. Then you have Moses, of course, and Mm -hmm. you have King David. And then at the end of the Old Testament story, you have a number of characters, and the best known of these would be Nehemiah. So just these five people and getting to know their stories and what God did in and through their lives really does give at least a broad outline of the uh, Old Testament story. You know, Colin, I I'm started five weeks ago um, doing a uh, looking at a character from the Old Testament once a week. I'm going to do this for about a year because huh. I think there's a lot of people that uh, don't know a lot about people of the Old Testament, and we're going to yeah. we're going to cover a lot of them. And I'm going to one day call you and say uh, I want you to be our, our guest on one of the characters of the Old Testament. Oh, well, that sounds like a lot of fun. And of course, all of these characters, um, uh, and indeed all of the Old Testament, all points us towards Jesus. And when we talk about an over Um, arching story, Uh, the center of this story is always Jesus Christ. So the whole Bible points to him. Yeah, I love that. So um, we're also going to talk about, you're also going to talk about five landmark events in the life of Christ. And I think this is going to be an exciting uh, 40-minute session as well. Yep. So uh, we're we're looking there at the Gospels. And uh, since all of the five people that we're looking at in the Old Testament are pointing forward to one person, Jesus, who clearly is the center of the whole Bible story, uh, we're looking at five events in his life. He was born, he was tempted, he was crucified, he is risen, and he has ascended. And again, uh, to grasp these five landmark events in the life of Jesus is a really good way to get started in terms of grasping. Now, who is he? What has he done? What is he able to do uh, uh, in my life today? Um, these are the things that we're going to be looking at together as we uh, take, again, a high-level view of the story of the Gospels. Colin, remind people how important it is to study God's Word, because the more you love it, the more you know it and understand it, the more excited you get about it, and that's going to increase your confidence when it comes to sharing your faith. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, I often think about the words of Jesus uh, when he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I mean, here we are living in a very difficult time um, uh, in all of our lives and, and in our country. And so people are asking the question, you know, how, how do I keep going? And, and um, how am I to handle all that's going on in my life? And Jesus says this, well, you, you know, just as uh, you need food in order to sustain the body, so you need your own inner life, your soul to be sustained. And the way in which that happens is through every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So I like to say to people, you know, the Bible is not simply information. If you think it's just information, oh, I need to do a study of the Bible, you've really missed what it is. It's it's food. This is going to nourish your soul. It's going to equip you for every good work. It's going to change you from the inside out. And so that's a tremendous motivation for getting into the Word of God and getting the Word of God drip-fed into our lives. Mm-hmm. Pastor Colin Smith is my guest. He's got a free event available online, and you can go to unlockingthebible.org slash open. It is going to be on Thursday, October 16th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. 
It is a free event, and you are not going to want to miss this. You can go to unlockingthebible.org slash open. Um, Colin, when I think of Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, um, thy words were found, and I did eat them. <laughs> and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. Yes. For I am called by thy, ni- thy name, O Lord God of hosts. What does that mean to you? Well, I, I, isn't that a marvelous um, uh, image? <laughs> I that, love it. Uh, the Word of God is to go into us and become part of us, just like food in that sense is absorbed into the body. The, the uh, Word of God is to be absorbed into the mind and into the heart, and the effect of it uh, will be to, 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 to bring joy. And uh, at least that's one of the effects that's wonderfully identified in that scripture that uh, uh, that you quoted, and uh, you know, and uh, along similar lines, I, I love uh, Psalm um, uh, 19, um, where the psalmist tells us not only what the Bible is, but what the Bible actually does, and uh, speaks to us of how it makes wise the simple, and how it brings joy to the heart, how it revives the soul. So the Word of God is actually going to change your life as it's received by faith. It's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. There was a study out by Barna that said 58% of Americans wished they read the Bible more. Yeah. Uh, why do you think they're struggling to read the Bible? I mean, yeah. w- w- are they too distracted? What is your take on that, Colin? Well, I, I mean, my first take on that is, isn't that wonderfully encouraging? <laughs> it I, is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, uh, the two in every three people... Um, would have an interest in knowing more of the Bible. Now, um, uh, maybe folks are intimidated. The Bible's a big book. Where do I begin? And so forth and so on. One of the things we really want to do is not only help Christians get an overview of the Bible story so that they can discover more when they get down on the ground, so to speak, uh, but also to give Christians the confidence that you could actually invite someone who needs to know the God of the Bible to open the Bible with you. And here's a very simple way of doing it. This event would be something you could invite them to. Or after the event, after you've had a chance to sample it, you could say, this will be online and and I I could invite someone to do it with me. So uh, we've been asking our folks uh, here for some time now, who is there in your life who needs to know the God of the Bible and might be willing to open the Bible with you if you ask them. And our people are finding that's actually an easier ask than folks might think. Hey, would you be interested in opening the Bible with me? And it's surprising how people respond. They say, well, what would that look like? Well, you know, we could um, uh, we, we, we could uh, use this resource that's uh, online. Uh, we could read a little bit of the Bible, and then we could talk about it and uh, answer some of the questions. Very simple. But, you know, we're at a time where there are many people who don't know the God of the Bible. They don't know Jesus Christ and what he's accomplished. And it would be a wonderful thing if Christians could be encouraged and motivated not only to open the Bible ourselves, but to open it with others. Yeah, Colin, as a pastor, do you see with all the crazy that's going on in the world that this window is opening a little bit more with people's curiosity for the gospel and spiritual uh, life? Absolutely. I'm fully convinced that that is the case and that these actually are days of of great opportunity. Uh, They're they're, they're days where uh, certainties that people thought they had are breaking down in lots of ways. And so um, at least in the hearts of some, there is Uh, an openness, and uh, uh, why should we not ask people if they're interested to do this? There will be some who are, and uh, God will work through 
the scattering of the living seed of the Word of God into the lives of other people. And how important it is to remind ourselves of the urgency with which we need to uh, do this. And, and, and we can't say, well, you know, maybe, maybe next year I'll, I'll call this person and ask them. It's, yeah, that's, try that's to operate good. with a sense of urgency. Yeah. So this is why we want to put this, uh, again, it's a free event on October the 16th. And if folks can't uh, be there on uh, Saturday, uh, October uh, the 16th, if you register, we'll give you free access to this that you can use uh, with a friend or with a family member or just use yourself at any time after the 16th of October. We really want to help people open the Bible for themselves and open the Bible with other people. Mm -hmm. Pastor Colin Smith is my guest. I'm going to take a little break, but when I come back, Colin, I want to ask you about uh, five gifts God gives to every Christian. That's going to be a part of this uh, wonderful event coming up on October 16th. You can go to unlockingthebible.org slash open. It's a free event. You are going to definitely want to check this out. Again, unlockingthebible.org slash open. Pastor Colin Smith is my guest. We'll take a short break and be right back. Pastor Colin Smith on tonight. He's senior pastor of the Orchid Evangelical Free Church. It's a thriving multi-campus church located in Chicago area. He's also the founder and teaching pastor of Unlocking the Bible. And he's uh, hosting this amazing online event, which is free, by the way. It's uh, Thursday, October 16th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Time. You can learn more about that at unlockingthebible.org slash open. Uh, Colin, what are some of the five gifts that God gives to every Christian. I'm just going to throw that out there. I know this is going to be a 40-minute session um, in your presentation on the 16th. Well, we talked a little about five people in the Old Testament, five events in the Gospels. And when we come to the Acts and the New Testament letters, um, we're going to focus in on five marvelous gifts, which um, uh, the Acts of the Apostles tells us about the gift of the Holy Spirit And then the New Testament letters unfold the gift of faith, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of the church. And of course, the last one has to be the gift of heaven. And um, uh, again, this is a 30,000 foot kind of level. But the marvelous truth is that when a person comes to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, there are marvelous gifts that become ours as we become his. And so we're going to explore a little bit about them together. And uh, uh, I'm excited about this uh, journey through uh, the whole of the Bible story. Yeah. Colin, when I think of what's going on today in today's world, there's so much uh, polarization and division. Then you talk to people and they're dealing with their own uh, illness and health issues. There's uh, jealousy. There's uh, depression. Um, And these are all addressed in Scripture. So tell us how reading the Word can be so life-transforming. Yeah, well, we spoke earlier about uh, the wonderful words of Jesus, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of, uh, uh, of God. And the wonderful truth is that God nourishes and strengthens the soul. He gives what we need 
um, for carrying the load that we bear at any particular point in time. And the way in which he imparts what he gives is in and through his word. Um, it, it is in believing the word of God that um, uh, faith is, is, is formed, that forgiveness is received, that blessings of strength and of peace and of hope and of joy actually come into our, our lives. And so, I, 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 again, um, this goes back to the Bible. The Bible is more than a book of information. When we talk about opening the Bible, we're talking about something much, much more and much more wonderful than simply learning certain things from a book. We're talking about a relationship with God who unfolds himself and speaks to us in the scripture. I like to think of it this way, that in the Old Testament, God the Father is made known. In the Gospels, God the Son is revealed. In uh, the New Testament letters, we have the unfolding of life in the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have always been and were there from the very beginning. But the Bible unfolds to us who God is and what life can be when we're in a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Colin, this event coming up on the 16th, uh, is this uh, geared toward any, toward any particular uh, group or group of people? For anyone who would like to open the Bible and to learn more about the wonderful God who speaks to us uh, in and through it. So I think that this will be refreshing for people who've been believers for a long time. And again, uh, we want to encourage those who are are, uh, believers uh, to feel confident that you really could open the Bible with someone else. You could take a resource like this and use it as a basis for some conversations um, uh, that will introduce someone else to the Bible and to the God of the Bible and to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who's at the very center of the Bible. Yeah, Colin, tell me about your website, openthebible.org. That's openthebible.org. Talk about that. So we have different journeys uh, there. There's a 30 uh, session journey through the Bible story that obviously gets uh, a lot closer to the ground. Uh, uh, If uh, the one we're talking about here is like a flight and the 30 uh, session journey is uh, a little bit like a drive. Uh, You get closer to the ground when you drive uh, through an area. You see more than you would be able to see on a flight over it. And then we have a 50-session journey uh, that that we liken to a hike um, uh, and obviously uh, gets even closer to uh, what is uh, there in the Scripture and takes more time to to draw it in. And so we're encouraging people to, uh, uh, to engage with the Bible at different levels But here's a place to begin. Here's a place to start. Here's the simplest journey, the flight. And uh, it's just three sessions. You can do it uh, uh, in 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 uh, one uh, one visit, and that's what we're doing on Saturday, uh, the 16th uh, of October. And what we want to encourage people to do after that date. Um, uh, so to register at unlockingthebible.org for this would be a wonderful thing to do, and uh, we hope it'll be a blessing to many. Yeah, I guess I mistakenly said it was Thursday, but it's Saturday. So thank you Saturday, for cor- that's right, correcting yeah. me on that. I have. Um, very sorry about that. Um, it is Saturday, October 16th. I was looking at September, foolish me, uh, but I've done that before, so I apologize for that. Well, we've underlined the date even more, and it's the 16th, and uh, yeah. we're glad that folks will join us. Yes. Now, Colin, you've been uh, teaching God's Word for m- decades. How did you decide uh, how to put this 
together in three hours. You know, <laughs> you know this is a this is a big uh, big undertaking. Yeah, well, it is, and uh, it's been the major project that I've been working on all of this year, and that our team at Unlocking the Bible have been uh, collaborating in, and uh, so we're all very excited about it. Um, uh, some years ago, I uh, was privileged uh, to write uh, four books, Unlocking the Bible Story, that go all the way through the Bible in 80 sessions. And we've been trying to get it down to, to say if we were to simplify this and to get it down just to, to, to three sessions, that would seem helpful. We've got to give people a starting place. And so um, I, I've been excited about doing this and uh, feel that uh, the overview of five people, five events, and five gifts to, gives just a simple place to say, what is the Bible really all about? And then hopefully to have people encouraged to say, I really want to get to know more. Colin, don't you think people's reluctance to share their faith, or they're always going to feel a little inadequate, like, I don't know if I know enough, or if they ask me a hard question, I don't know what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you, when you encourage people to uh, get into God's Word so they can have a way of defending what they what they have their hope in. Um, how important is it to, to say, look, at, we have to be serious about studying God's Word? Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, I, I, and I think, as you were saying earlier, that there are tremendous opportunities because um, uh, people are more open than we might think. And I do think it's important to say as well, you don't have to know the answer to every question. Christians are not people who pose as if we... Um, uh, knew the answer to every question. Of course we don't. Uh, what we've discovered is that we've found that God does speak to us in his word. And therefore we have an interest in opening that up to other people. And that can be done very humbly without uh, ever pretending that somehow we think we know the answers to all the questions. Clearly we don't. And I, 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 I encourage folks to, to say, you know, you will have someone who, who, who says, well, I'm not even sure I believe the Bible. And a good response to that is just to say, well, you know, just come in and have a look. Imagine this to be like a, a house that you've not been in or visited much before, or perhaps you've never been inside it before. Come in and have a look. Come and see this world of the Bible. Uh, come and just explore it for yourself uh, with its creator God and his people who mess up so many times and how he constantly is reaching out to make things right and to turn things around. C come and just have a look and see if you don't experience for yourself that to your surprise, God actually speaks to you in this and begins to make himself known to you through it. I, I think that's very reasonable and compelling invitation. Uh, we're not saying you have to believe before you read the Bible. Come and read the Bible in, in order that you might believe. Are you not interested in opening the best-selling book of all time? <laughs> <laughs> yes. does, does that not yes. appeal to you a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, one uh, in which we find these most marvelous gifts of, of hope and of life that are being held out and offered. What is there that's not compelling about this to say, I'd like to know a little bit more about this? Mm -hmm. uh, Colin, were you raised in a Christian home? I was, and I was very blessed to come to faith early in, in life. I, I, I thank God for that. I wonder where I would have ended up. Where would my heart have taken me if God's grace hadn't intercepted me early on? Um, uh, so I'm very thankful to God uh, uh, for that, and I'm very thankful to God 
uh, for um, uh, what I learned of the Bible growing up. I think it's a wonderful thing for parents to be uh, uh, teaching their children the storyline of the Bible and drip feeding that into their lives. That was a tremendous, tremendous benefit in my life. And uh, now to see at this stage of life our children doing the same thing with their children as we tried to do with them is just to me the greatest encouragement. And you also have one of the most recognizable voices in Christian radio. <laughs> well, I'm keep, I'm going to keep trying to practice the accent. <laughs> I think you should. I know it's phony, but I think you should just keep it up. <laughs> so um, the event is Saturday, October 16th, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central. And you can uh, learn all about this at unlockingthebible.org slash open. And can they also go to openthebible.org? Yeah, you'll find it there as well, both places, and uh, uh, hope that this will be really helpful to many. Colin, I'm excited for this. I will be there on the 16th. Thank you so much, and thanks again for the opportunity yep. of talking about this on your program. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Pastor Colin Smith has been my guest. Again, head over to unlockingthebible.org open to learn about this free event. That wraps up our show for the day. Thanks to the guys for Guide Talk for spending a little extra time with me, and Pastor Colin Smith for joining me in his busy schedule. That's uh, all the show we have for today. I've loved being with you today, and I'm looking forward to our time tomorrow. God bless. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.